Acts 11 through 15, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And so we have seen during this study uh, the purpose for the fivefold ministry or the ministry body is to perfect the saints, to work the, the edification and to build us up in the things of God. And this is key and essential and important uh, as we go forth in Christ is because once we become born again, once we're saved, God does not expect us to stay at that state, that point. We are to grow in Christ. And so in order to grow, we have to have teaching. We have to have instructions. We have to have knowledge of what we are to do. Amen. We are to walk in newness of life. And in order to walk in that newness of life, someone has to show us and to teach us the right way that we should go. You look at the apostles from the time that Jesus called them. They were observing what Jesus was doing. But then all of a sudden they realized we're missing some things. And so one day they realized we don't know how to pray. And so they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And so as a result, Jesus gave them the model of how to pray, and they took off with that. So you can see the teaching start taking place. Everything that Jesus desired for us to do, he modeled it before us himself. And so therefore, we have to realize that these positions of ministry is designed to perfect the saints. You want to move on to what? Perfection. So you want to be what? Complete in him. It doesn't mean without error. It means to be complete in Christ. But as you become complete in Christ, you will start to find out that your errors will begin to minimize because you will begin to be led by the Spirit, you'll live in the Spirit, and you'll begin to see things so much clearer as to what you're supposed to be doing as a child of God. And that helps us to get to that perfected standpoint in our lives. This is why James tells us when we read the Word of God, he says, don't just be a hearer of it, learn to do it. Say, And as we do God's Word, we're cleansed, what? By the Word of God. Say, as you begin to do God's word, you begin to see that the errors and the things that you had did before, you started seeing, okay, I see the wrong in this. I started seeing why I shouldn't do this now and why I should do this now. See, because God has my best, very best interest in the heart and he's trying to perfect me. So last week we was talking a little bit about teachers and I made the comment and I was talking about teaching in the home and we must learn how to teach our children. We must learn how to uh, teach one another. We, is, is Teaching is very important. You know, we can beat up the school system all day long, you know, but it's not the school system that teach our children morals and right ways. That is, it was left to us by God in the home. 
See, and so we have to realize these things. We can't, as I said last week, we can't wait till our children become teenagers and adults to try to teach them how to be husbands and wives. You, you're going to miss the mark. You have to teach them how to do this stuff at the earliest stage of life. Teach them how to clean. Teach them how to set a table. Teach them how to vacuum the floor. Teach them how to take personal hygiene responsibility for themselves, okay? These are things you need to be teaching your children because it might seem minimal and, and miscule, uh in a way uh, in the home. And you say, well, how did that affect the church? Well, when you become to in the church, amen, if you don't have good morals, all you're going to do is mess the church up, you know, see? And so you teach them these things, you know, because as the world become bullying and cruel, you want your family to be able to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so you teach them. So, you know, they all saying the way the twig is bent is the way the tree is going to grow. See, so you have to make sure you're leaning them in the right way and the things of God. Amen. Teach them. Hold them responsible. Hold them accountable. And, you know, the school is only designed to teach them one and one is two and two and two and four. Yeah, they should be teaching them how to do right, but that's not their responsibility. That's our responsibility, okay, so that they can stand in a dangerous world. You know, teach them how to insulate themselves so that they are not, Given in to the ways of this world, you know, it, children as that is born again of, of God in the Spirit should be strong. Amen. They should be steadfast and moved. They should be the ones leading the other kids and and showing the other kids how to live right. And so we have to teach them how to be able to live in this ungodly world. Amen. Praise God. So teachers. Amen. So. As, as Paul told Titus that they should teach the, the elderly women was to teach the younger women how to be discreet and, you know, love their husbands. All this stuff uh, began to flow. So today we want to pick up a little bit more here. We want to talk about miracles. Amen. As it says there on your paper, persons endowed with miraculous gifts. So the things about the gifts and, and the workings in the church here is if we never practice and never try this stuff out, we're never going to know if we've got it or not. See, you have to put your faith in action. You have to reach out. You know, I think I've shared with you, one of the things I've started doing now when somebody says to me, well, I've got a situation where you, you know, where you pray for us. No, we're going to pray right now. That's what I've started doing to people, whether it's in Walmart, whether it's uh, I'm at the gas station or wherever I am. Immediately, if somebody called me on the phone, my, my immediate response is when they say, well, you know, keep me in prayer. I said, no, we're going to pray right now. Right. You know, I want to put it in action right now because I want them to be able to see that. No, we're not going to wait. We're going to do it right now. I don't know what God is going to do. You know, so we want to pray. And so that's the habit you've got to get into when people bring you their situation or their circumstance. You need to immediately say, let's do it right now. Amen. Let's join. The Bible says if two of you agree on earth is touching anything in the name of the Lord, it'll be done. 
So we have to get to that standpoint, amen, to work the miraculous things. We don't know. It's God that gives it all. So, so but I'm just going to do my part, and I'm going to let him do his part. As Paul says, we are laborers together with God. We are God's uh, building. We are God's workmen, amen. So we're going to let him work through us in these areas of our lives, amen. So we want to see the miraculous Take place. Now, if you look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18, Mark chapter 15, 16 through 18, <clears throat> Jesus says here, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, 16, 15. <laughs> and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, and these shall believe it shall not be damned, shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Notice, in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them or hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, so notice here, this signs follow who? The believers. See? So as a believer, you have to put this stuff into operation. If you feel that somebody is possessed with devils, cast them out. <laughs> Pray and cast them out. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon you. Amen. You, you, let God work. Amen. See, you want to put it, these, these signs and gifts were not just for the apostles. If they were just for the apostles like some people teach, the church is in trouble. <laughs> See? But these things are for the perfecting of the saints. See? And so therefore we have to put these miracles and miraculous powers in operation. And as I say, the things that are written, was written for what? Our learning. See, so they have given us the examples. Look at Acts 3. Look at Acts 3, Psalm of verse 1. And Peter and John went up together to the temple, the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Amen. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Amen. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, and asked in arms of them as they entered into the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked of arms. And Peter said, fastened his eyes upon them, and with John said, Look on us. Silver and gold have we none. And they expect to receive something from them. And they said unto him, Peter Silver and gold have we none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bone received strength. And he leaping stood up and walked and entered in the temple, leaping and walking and praising God. Notice. They just says, silver and gold we don't have, but such as I have, give ID. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he stood up and walked. He went leaping and walking and praising God right into the temple. The miraculous power healed him. 
I will tell you, I have seen people get up out of wheelchairs and walk. I have seen people, amen, that was crippled began to walk, amen, because of the miraculous power of God. Amen. Some people are gifted with these things, but if we don't try our faith, we're never going to know it. If I never put it to operation, I'm never going to know it. I think I may have shared a few years ago about I used to do hospital visits uh, in Okinawa, you know, and I went into the children's ward and this young girl, and she had the, the IV in her arm and, you know, the bag thing that has got the solution in it. And, you know, that thing is dripping, it's going to take forever for it to drip. And so I got to talking to the little girl and I said to her, I says, well, when do you get to go home? And she said, the doctor says I can't go home until all this solution is gone out of this bag. You know, and I said, do you want to go home? And she says, yes. I said, well, let's pray to God with it. Make that solution go out real fast. And I took her by the hand and we began to pray. And I said, Jesus, you see this little girl, she wants to go home. And we need this solution to get out of this bag as quickly as possible. And I had my eyes closed and she had her eyes closed. And when we opened our eyes, look, that solution was all gone. And she looked up and she started shouting, Mommy, 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 it's all done. I can go home. I can go home. Praise God. Amen. Just simple things. We have to put our faith in action. Amen. We have to do it. See, try your faith out. Because God is wanting us. He wants to, us to be used. Amen. And these areas of calling and ministry. Amen. Look at Acts 5. We know about Ananias and Sapphira. You know, you know, they made a vow they didn't keep and Peter began to ask to them, you know, a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privileged to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart the light of the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Verse 4, while it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was so, was it not thine own power? But thou hast conceived this thing in thine heart. Thou hast not lied unto men, but you have lied unto God. Verse 5, and Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, boom, dead as a doorknob, and gave up the ghosts. <laughs> and great fear came on all them that heard these words. Notice the miraculous power of God. And you keep reading and then his wife comes in. He asked her the same thing, and boom, she drops dead. You know, don't think that'll give people a wake-up call. <laughs> you know, but these 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 gifts has got to be in operation because God wants it to take that place. When we get to Acts 16, we see that also Paul, Amen. He's over in uh, Macedonia. And there's a woman possessed with the spirit of divination, and he cast that devil out of her. Amen. And, and she's now in her right mind. And so we have to use these gifts for what they have been called for, the miraculous moving power of God to build and to strengthen the body of God. Remember Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the whole earth. See, so if I don't put my faith in action and the gifts, I'm never going to know if I got it or not. 
See, I want the things of God in my life. I want the, the gifts of God. I want the workings of the miracles and the power of God. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. He's given one to what? The words of wisdom, the word of knowledge, miracles, you know, healings, and all these things for the perfecting of the saints. Every one of you should be be in prayer and asking God, God, use me in something. You know, I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to be used somehow in the ministry of the work of God. As I grow in God, as I study God's word, as I learn God's word, I want to put it in action. See, the church needs these things to be in operation in it for it to be solid, for it to be strong, for it to be steadfast and unmovable. So every one of us, we've got faith we just got to stir it up. As Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. Amen. Put it to you. Put it to operation here. Jesus says in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power, amen, to tread on surface and all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Amen. So use it. Amen. Because when you use it, it's going to build your faith more. Say, it's going to strengthen you in Christ more so that you know who you are in Him. As those song, I wish that everybody's soul would catch on fire, burning in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the church needs you. It needs you. It needs you to be an operation in the things of Almighty God on a continuous and a day's basis. So miraculous powers. Do you have it? Yeah, you got it. You just don't know how to use it. So pray and ask God, God, use me. You know, use me in the, in these gifts. Use me to help edify and build up and strengthen the body of Christ. Because see, if I've got apostolic doctrine, if I've got apostolic unity, if I've got apostolic um, uh, worship, then I need to have apostolic ministry. I don't, I don't want to have four and not have the other one. I want to be complete. See? So you want these things to be in operation in your life. Amen. So next Paul talks about is the gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. Now notice it's called the gifts of healings. And I have always associated this with, with three types of healings. Spiritual healings, physical healings, and mental healings. Okay? Because it's called healings. See? Okay? So, let's look at the first, spiritual healing. A lot of times when people have backslid and walked away from God, amen, or they've been hurt in churches, they're going to need spiritual healings. See? They're going to need to be loved back into the church. They're going to need to be accepted back into the church. And so therefore, we have to have the gifts of spiritual healings. We have to know how to love one another. This is why John says in First John, in chapter 4, if you got your Bibles there, go to First John chapter 4.
Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation of the atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If, God, if we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Amen. So we want to have the love of God. It's, as I said earlier, we want it to grow, abounding. Amen. And the way God's love abounds in me is how I treat other people. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you, which is the golden rule. Love should drive the train because God is love. See? And so when people have been hurt spiritually, we who know God, we who are in Christ, should be those that reaches out and help them to be restored to the things of God. Amen. We have to be willing to help them to have a clear understanding through the love. We welcome them. We welcome them with open arms. We don't judge them for walking away. Sometimes it's easy to judge people for walking away and beat them up, but we need to love them back to Christ. Amen. We need to encourage them and edify them to get into the Word of God, to get back into the Word of God, to begin to study the Word of God, to build a prayer life, to have a daily devotion life, to be at the church, to be a part of the church, to get involved in the church. This will help them quickly to get restored back. Amen. Because the enemy's goal to, is to get them back out of the church as quickly as possible. So if they walk back into the church and they don't feel the love of God, immediately the enemy is going to put, uh, make them feel like, you know, you're not welcome. See? And so as a result, then the person starts being feeling guilty again and they will want to walk away again and go back to the old way. But we must love them. We must welcome them. We must encourage them. That's why when people walk through the door, the first line of defense is those on duty. Amen. To help them to feel welcome, to feel love. How you feel when you walk through the door is going to determine if you stay or not. See? But if we say that we are Christ and we have love, then that love must radiate from us. Say, so spiritual healing is to, to be able to love people back into the fold. The same way that God loved us. Say, what is John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, so we should be willing to have the same type of love towards one another. Say, let brotherly love what? Continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some have entertained angels unaware. See, if God's love isn't there, you guarantee the church ain't going to grow. See, it's never going to grow if God's love is not there. If I say I'm born again and I don't have love for the things of God, uh, I might be missing something. 
Amen. So, so we want to build them up. We want to heal them spiritually. We want to strengthen them. We want to show them the love of God. Next is physical healing. Now, some people are endowed with this gift from God. They can lay hands on people. Amen. And people recover from the, from their healings. And we see this throughout scripture. Amen. We know that Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 53 that Jesus was what? Wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. So physical healings, a lot of times, amen. We, some people do have that. I've seen people lay hands on the sick in the shower and they recover. Amen. We see it through scripture. You know, Paul laid hands. They had handkerchiefs and aprons that they sent to people and people was healed. Amen. But it all goes back to, as I said at the onset, you've got to try your faith. Pray for people. You, you never know, you know, what's going to happen. You know, I believe in miraculous physical healings. Amen. I laid hands on people. I pray for people. Amen. I believe. You know, it's not of me, it's of God. Say, so we want people to, to be healed. Amen. Praise God. And then we have mental healing, restoring the troubled minds. In today's world, many people have troubled minds. They're, they're plagued about many things. You know, kind of like Jesus told Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things. See, their minds are, are going crazy. Uh, because of so much stuff, see? And so, therefore, we want to heal the feeble minds. If you remember in the, in the, in the scriptures when Jesus came to the coast of the Gadarenes, here's the guy, he's in the tombs. You know, he, what is he doing? He's cutting himself. You know, he, he, he's yelling, he's screaming, they putting him in chains, and he just can't seem to, to break away. But then Jesus shows up, and what happens? He automatically comes into his right mind after he cast the demons out of him. You know, today we're dealing with a lot of young people that's cutting themselves and doing all kinds of things. There's a lot of troubled minds in a lot of people today. The people don't know what they're going to do. But we have the power of God. We have the love of God. We have the wisdom and knowledge of God. So we should be able to... Pray with people and encourage people. And you hear me say constantly, we're missing and using the gift of edification. That is one of the most important gifts in the church is to edify, to build up, to strengthen, to encourage people. Even in our homes, amen, we need to be an encourager and, and not yelling and screaming and hollering and carrying on. Because people need to be lifted up out of some of this stuff they're going through. Amen. So we want to be able to use that. So Jesus come to the coast of the Gadarenes and he began to ask, you know, the, how long has he been this way? You know, and once he cast them out, the guy's in his right mind. We see the woman with the issue of blood, the story with the woman of the issue of blood. Can you imagine her mind? Twelve years, you know, she's had this issue, a sickness in her body that she can't get rid of. Nobody can help her. Amen. She's spending all of her money now, you know, but what happens? Somebody tells her about Jesus, you know, and she says, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. And immediately when she got an opportunity, she touched him. 
and immediately she was made whole. Her mind was back right. Her body was right. She had physical healing. She had spiritual healing. And she had mental healing. All when she touched Jesus. Because from the mental healing, a lot of times it will affect your physical healing. And your physical healings will affect your spiritual healing. Amen. Because when you are not feeling well, you don't want to go to church. You don't want to read the Bible. You don't want to pray. Those things are the farthest thing away from you. You're trying to figure out how I can get back to feeling good and feeling fine. See? So if I can get a person's mind, as Isaiah say, to be stayed on Christ, as he will keep us in perfect peace, then the next thing you know, I can begin to heal that physical capabilities. I can deal with some pain. I can deal with some things that I may be going through in my life, and I will see the value and the importance of wanting to go to church. See, that's that's the that's the key to a lot of this stuff is getting people's minds back where it's supposed to be because their minds are troubled about many things, and that's what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to plague people's minds because he knows if your mind ain't right, it's going to affect everything else in the body, see? And so we want people to be healed mentally. We want them to be able to think right. We want them to be able to reason right, to know what they're doing is right. Amen. You see, because if I got a clear mind, if my mind is, is fixed, then I can deal with pain. See, I can see the value of the church. But if I, but if, if my mind is messed up, then I'm not going to want to get up. See? So this is why you you got to, and we have this ability to help people, you know, to talk to them. I've gone many times to to the mental ward and, and talked to young folks and, and, and encourage them and, and build them up and try to, my wife and I, and, and talk to them and says, hey, you know, you don't need to be cutting yourself, you know. If nobody else loves you, I want you to know Jesus loves you, you know. And when we walk out, the kids usually have smiles on their face, you know. I know one young lady today, I think she's married now, you know. And, uh, you know, she's, she seemed to be doing pretty good, you know, by all accounts that, you know, what I see, but I, you know, but. A few years before, she was in the middle ward, thinking about taking it all. But just by someone visiting and talking with her and sharing the love with her, she was able to be brought up out of that. And you have it. You encounter people all the day. You know, I see people when I'm sitting in the mall a lot of times. A lot of times when my wife and I go to shop, I'll say, I'm going to sit right here. Go ahead, shop. You know, I, I don't mind shopping with her, <laughs> you know, but I like to sit on the bench and observe because I want to see people that may not be doing too well. Because those are the people I want to hone in on and I want to pray with and I want to talk to. See, I want to encourage them. I want to build them up. And I'm always messing with people. You know, They're just, you know, just to bring some light. When I check out the, the checkout counter at Walmart. I don't, I don't know what people are going through, but my first question is, hey, are you having a great day today? You know, sometimes you can tell by the tune of their voice if they are or not, or what they're going through. But pray with them. Encourage them. Give them a word of encouragement. 
you know, talk to them. Same thing in restaurants. You know, I've been in many restaurants and, and the waitress in the morning, you know, and, and the young lady will come to the table and you start to, hey, how are your day going? You know, and they're, sometimes they're just unloading tell you everything, you know, and what they're going through. And, you know, sometimes we just reach out and take them by the hand and say, let's pray. You know, and you just build them up. You edify them. So you want to encourage people. Amen. Because if I can get that mental state back, say, I can get them through the physical and the spiritual state as well. And that's what we want to do. Look at the guy that Jesus, you know, his mind was all messed up. But what did he do when he was healed? He says, hey, can I go with you, Jesus? And Jesus says, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just go home and tell all your friends what the Lord's did for you? You know? You know, look at the woman in, in, in John 4 at the well. You know, after she talked to Jesus, what did Jesus she do? She took off. She left her water pots. And she forgot all about what she went to go get. You know? <laughs> she went back into the city and says, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. It's not this to Christ. See? So... The, the healings are, are, are to be used for the kingdom of God. Amen. So put it to use. Put it into operation. Try it out. Amen. Just be that encouraging word. Just purpose in your heart every day. I'm going to edify somebody. I'm going to build up somebody. I'm going to encourage somebody. You know, sometimes, you know, you go to work and you have your lunch. You know, sometimes you might want to just take an extra peanut butter and jelly sandwich along. You know, say, hey, how would you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? You know, sit down and talk with them. Hey, let's go outside under the tree today and have lunch. Little stuff like that. You know, you'd be surprised what people are looking for. See? And so we put this stuff into operation, even in the church. See? Even in the church. Sometimes we can put on a masquerade, you know? We can be in a Halloween costume and, uh, <laughs> and we're hurting inside. And we got our facade on and we just would love for someone to just spend a little time with us and talk to us and listen to us. See? Because the gifts are designed to edify. To build the body of Christ. See? And we should all have this. We should, you know, as the body of Christ, we should look at how can we do these things? Call somebody. Send a text. We got all this technology. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I'm here if you need me. You know, those kind of things. Visit. Fellowship with one another. You know, because we want to strengthen the body of Christ. And that's why God has given us these gifts. Next is helpers. Helpers. Helpers are those that come along beside us. You know, and and if you look at Acts, I mean, Romans 16, Paul lists a whole lot of folks that was helpers of him. And, and, you, and I used to wonder, why did he put me in there for? You know, and uh, then I realized that uh, I'm called to be a helper. You know, 
if you look at Rome, Romans 16, 13, you know, it says, Greet Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. You know. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> Brother Jeff Harpole was preaching a whole message. He didn't know my name was Rufus. And so he was, he was preaching our midwinter camp meeting and Every time he would say salute Rufus, everybody would turn and salute to me. And he didn't know what was going on. And then at the end of the service, he came up to me and said, bro, I did not know that was your name. <laughs> so that's okay. God knows, man. But, but, but helpers, see, we can all find something to do in the kingdom because we need to put it to use. See, there's many talents and abilities that you have. That others don't have. And God knew that when he saved you. See? So what you need to do as a helper is to say, hey, I have this talent and I have this abilities. I would like to put it in operation. See? Because you want to strengthen the body of Christ. You want to help. And I love it when we have like dinners and I, I get to explore and find out who has all the cooking and setting up and tearing down and cooking abilities. <laughs> you know, and, and you, and Sister Sandy has all lot of stuff. <laughs> I love to mess with her. But, but think about it. You put these gifts in operation in the body of Christ to what? Perfect the saints. Say, Sometimes just tying a blanket may seem like nothing. But what are you doing? You're strengthening the body of Christ because you're fellowshipping one with another. And when that blanket goes out, you're praying over it. And whoever gets it down the road, you don't know what whose heart is going to be touched by that. See? And there's been many places I've gone and I've seen some of those blankets with people. You know, and I think, hmm, if they only knew how much love and care went into to making that blanket for them. See, so helpers, as we see, you know, as I said, Paul listened to all these people that help him in the ministry. And so if I if I was just a me, all of you guys help me. <laughs> OK, you help me in the ministry here. See. And so that, that's, that's joy to me to know that I have people that's willing to help. We always look at the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Amen. So find a, something you like to do. What is your talent? Ask God. Say, God, how can I put my talent in operation? And do it. Do it. You don't want to just go through the motions. You want to be involved in the kingdom of God. You want to help build up the house. If you look at Acts 6, amen, when they didn't have enough people to wait the tables, what did they do? They said, hey, you guys look out seven people full of the Holy Ghost with wisdom and, and let them be over it. See? And they did. And what happened? The church grew. Who would have ever thought somebody getting upset over serving a meal would cause the church to grow? But it did. They chose seven guys and put them over. Said, okay, you guys are responsible for this. And read the scripture. It says in the church multiplied over some food. <laughs> you know? It, and fellowship seems to do that. It seems to bring people in more than anything else sometimes. 
And so we want to do more of that this coming year. We want to have more fellowship dinners and more serving and getting together and things of that nature. Amen. Moving right along real quick. Governments. I know, you know, when you look at governments here, you know, the church, we have boards that overseas. We saw before in Acts 15 when there was an issue, they went to the church board and the church made a decision how it would happen. In this church, I'm not the long ranger, okay? <laughs> I don't run this place. You you have selected a church board to keep the balance. You got men and women that's on the board that says, no, we ain't going to do that, or yes, we're okay to do that, or no, we're not going to spend that. I just don't make all the decisions by myself. You got a church board that does that as well as part of the government of the church. If I'm out here by the long ranger doing my own thing, I leave you crazy, lead you away. And I expect the church board to say, ho, 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 we ain't going down that road. You know, no, we are not going to do that. That's their job. That's their responsibility. The same way with the district board in this district. I served on the district board. I'm over a, a, a section of the district, you know. And so when we have meetings, it's the same way. We don't agree on everything. You know, if I see something ain't going right, I says, oh, no, no, I don't think we need to do that. You know, it's checks and balances. See, to keep things right and online. And see, and that's why we have church government. And that's why, you know, you should be want to be a part of this, you know, to help keep the church in order and online, you know, asking questions. That's why when we have church business meetings, it's the key and essential that you be there so that you know what's going on. You don't want to, you don't want to be with dumbfounded. You want to know what's happening. You're part of the body. That's why we, every time we have mission service, that's why we have North American missions or ladies or whatever, is to what? Perfect the saints. You don't want to be, I don't know. You know, I didn't know that. You know, you need to be here. We have announcements running. We have bulletin boards running. That's all part of what? Perfecting the saints. So that you can be aware of what is going on. That's why we bring in all these speakers, midwinter camps and all this stuff. What? To help perfect the saints of God. See? So, remember that. Amen. All right. Well, I'm not going to get through because I just keep right on going and stuff. But uh, I don't want to take you a break from you. Okay? So, but you, you study these things out. And if there's something on the list that you have questions about or concern about, then, hey, you can come talk to me and we can discuss it so that you have a, a clear understanding, okay? Praise God. All right. So let's take about a 10-minute break. Thank you for giving me five minutes of your time. <laughs> and we'll be back at 1030. God bless you.